0: Victory Church. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Paul and I am privileged to serve as pastor of this congregation and it is good to see all of you uh, and, and especially those who might be here for the first time. Welcome. It's great to have you here in our home and thank you for taking an hour of your day to spend with us. Um, I trust that you've already been met with a unique sense of the Holy Spirit through people on your way in through the worship team and through Lauren's greeting and certainly Ray's offertory message. And uh, we, we, we invite God into every part of this worship experience because that's who we are here for. And it's why we gather and it's why we spend uh, this corporate time together. I do pray too that you were safe last week. Uh, I'm thankful that we're not snowed out today. It's good to see everybody here on a nice, sunny, wet, but sunny and nice day. And um, just prayerful that uh, all was well in your households this past week. And for those of you who joined us on the corporate fast from January 7th through the 11th, I pray that you were encountered in a really unique way. Uh, If you did not participate in that, no problem. You can still do so. In fact, we've got a whole lot of booklets on that back table on your way out it talks a bit about why we fast what fasting is uh, and how we kind of set ourselves aside if you will many from food others from social media Fortnite might be something you might fast from if you're in the video games but it talks through what it is why we do it and it was wonderful to kick off corporately this year uh in so doing and uh, i'm just grateful to to be here with you and you and you and to see everybody here today another logistical point related to two weeks ago uh we learned uh that we can do some emergency push notifications through our app so if you downloaded the app hopefully you got something that said don't come out today (laughs) we're not having service Uh, as well as our website and as well as social media and uh we're working now with cbs right and nbc29 and so forth so uh, next time around, we'll be able to have it there as well uh, so that you don't have to get on your sled and, and try to be super faithful. I'm going to get there today. <laughs> you can be by yourself. Uh, but we're, uh, if you haven't downloaded the app, it also on the app, if you haven't done so, it, it keeps you up to date with things that are happening. You know, For example, we have uh, Victory Group's orientation. I was just talking with someone about that this morning. Um, every first Sunday of the month, uh, Right now, it's at 8 a.m., but we'll update as times change. Uh, We have a 45-minute moment where we talk about what victory groups are, why we do that here uh, at Victory Church. Every second Sunday of the month, we have a baptism class. Uh, We have victory groups across the city, which I'm amazed by, though I shouldn't be because God's in it, right? So he's creating these moments and spaces where you can connect. Uh, We have one, for example, that I'm leading on Tuesday nights, at Greenstone Community Center, which is right here in the Prospect neighborhood. Uh, It's a men's group on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. We have one on JPA, a young adult group with Ray and uh, Mary Boyles, um, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We have a co-ed group all the way in Lake Monticello, which only in Charlottesville would you say that's all the way, it's really not that far, especially coming from D.C., I've traveled that far to go to the gym. but uh, Tim and Linda Eckert. Tim, where are you? Just shoot your hand up real high. Tim and Linda Eckert meet on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. in Lake Monticello. Uh, Forest Lakes, there's another co-ed group there. Troy and Chantel Savage. Uh, Chantel was leading worship up here. Troy, I think, is here. If you can raise your hands really, really high. They lead a group on Wednesday nights as well at 7 p.m. And Olivia Morley. Leads a woman's group uh, on barracks at Panera on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. So, God has really blessed us to have uh, groups in different parts of the cities as we begin. And we hope and pray that we will only add more as maybe you embrace the privilege of hosting and leading in your sphere of influence and see what God does through you in that sphere of influence that you have, because certainly He wants. To do just that Did I miss any groups? I started with just an example, and I just decided to just go through all of them. I think that was all of them, but you can find them on the website. You can find them through the app. Um, Sunday mornings are wonderful. We gather because we believe the Bible uh, encourages us to do so and to worship corporately, but there is something about Monday through Saturday and doing life with people that I believe is really where we want to see the vision of this house, particularly come to fruition. And our vision, if you don't know, is to see people reconcile to God and to each other. So as important and necessary and fun as this moment is, it's more or less an equipping station, right? An equipping station such that Monday through Saturday, you get to go out and do what God has called you to do and have him do through you what he wants to do. Amen. Um, The lifeline, I would like to say, as just an add on to Victory Church. Will be our victory groups. Um, For some of the new faces that I see here today, you may not know at Victory that we have uh, not so much a traditional structure of membership, church membership, uh, but we do have what we call being in fellowship with Victory, uh, which you can do three ways. Uh, One is attend service on Sundays and worship with us. Um, Secondly, you can embrace the privilege of serving others and their needs through one of our nine ministry teams. For example, Victory Kids, while we're up here, uh, those of you with little ones, they are down there having a blast because some have decided to embrace the privilege of being inconvenienced to see the next generation poured into and their spiritual formation take shape so that they can change the world as we pass them the baton some years from now. Um, And any of our other eight uh, teams that you can serve on. And thirdly, as I just talked about, Victory Groups. Um, That process is one that isn't, uh, you start here and you end here, it's more of an iterative, recursive process that you can enter at any point. For example, we've got folks, I don't know what that is, that's them having fun next door, um, I think, in the kids' ministry. But uh, at any point, you have folks that may not want to come to church, but they'll come to a victory group. Uh, We had some folks who were here in town who said, sure, Paul, I'll help you on Saturday night set up. And they just got started serving on a team. So you can start anywhere. There's no beginning or end point. And lest we fall prey to the temptation that it's in the process, we recognize the power's not in it as much as the process positions us to experience the power of God in those spaces. So in, we invite you, get connected. Kate Martin, who can wave her hand really high in the back, uh, leads our hospitality team. You can get connected in person through her. Anybody who's wearing a, vit- a victory lanyard, Through our app, through a connection card, there are multiple entry points to your connecting with us and us with you. If you looked at me strangely, though I didn't get many strange looks on the victory groups, but I'm so used to talking about them because I love them that I forget sometimes that that might be a new thing. Uh, Victory groups are weekly meetings where we get together. We eat, usually, or not. You don't have to eat. You might snack. You might drink tea, whatever it is that you like to do. But we fellowship. We fellowship. We ask each other about our weeks and then we discuss discussion questions, which you can find on our website under victory groups that walk us through in a very application oriented way. The sermon that was preached that previous Sunday gives us a chance to interact with the word in a way that in this space, though important, we don't necessarily do Uh, ask questions, engage one another. And if you're like me, ask for some prayer because there may be something preached where I'm like, I get it on this level, but that ain't happening Monday through Saturday. So I'm going to need you, my group members, to pray for me that I don't kick my dog this week, like whatever that is for you. Um, That's what victory groups are about. We meet on a semester basis, so now we're kicked off. We'll be going all the way till May, and then we'll break over the summer and have some other special courses over the summer that we'll offer. But get connected is the, the point there. And lastly, before we transition to... Uh, what we're up here primarily to do, which is to break open God's word with you together to see what he has for us, uh, to aid in our efforts to continue uh, curating, creating space for you to engage Jesus without inhibition, uh, which so many folks are doing behind the scenes each week. Thank you, team, for doing so, so selflessly. Uh, We are going to be moving so next Sunday is our last Sunday at the Boys and Girls Club, which is kind of bittersweet. I don't know if I clap or what on that. You're probably like, yeah, we're we celebrating. We are. Um, and we are also passing tissues in some ways because the Boys and Girls Club has been phenomenal. Um, their partnership has been one that we'll remember for a long time. Um, from letting us park our trailer out front, when you pulled up, you see that out there? A lot of churches that get started, mobile churches especially, they're towing that thing back and forth to a, to a, a storage facility, and the boys and girls club said don't worry about it keep it there um, huge they've let us come in here at odd times to set up and 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 figure out just how we're going to have service in their cafe <laughs> and in the gym kids ministry they've given us access and we are grateful and we've had the privilege of figuring out how to give you a space to park Here at the Boys and Girls Club. And to mitigate that, we've added a service. We have a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. service such that you can find, hopefully, a place a bit closer. But in two weeks, February 3rd, that Sunday, the first Sunday in February, we're going to be at Walker Upper Elementary School, where you, 11 o'clock service, will get to meet the folks who were here at 9 (laughs) a.m. and have a place to park in one service because we double the seating and we double parking and so much more. Walker and their administration and staff is being just as gracious and kind and loving to us as the Boys and Girls Club has been. We're going to have classroom space for our kids there, access to the gym if we want it. I mean, just they're opening up a lot for us. And similarly, we'll have storage on site, which I know my setup and tear down team is really excited about because they won't have to set up the stage anymore because there's a stage. That's right. There's a stage in that auditorium. So God is moving. He's He's opening up doors in ways, uh, if you've ever had to look for space for any reason in Charlottesville, it's not easy, especially when you feel called to the city. Um, But Walker is there, and we're going to be occupying that space. So next week, come back, 9 or 11, uh, at which you'll get even more details than we have now about what that transition will look like and how you can support that transition going smoothly. Because I can't do what you can do, um, and I can do what you can do. But there are ways together. Uh, like 1 Corinthians 12 talks about as parts of the body, that we put something together that alone we can't do, and we invite you into that process. I think every team coordinator in the room would say there's always room on a team to serve. Amen? Very long but necessary, and I think exciting introduction, so I'm going to do what I didn't do in just brain dumping all of that is pause and give you a chance to respond to Jesus for what he's doing in and through Victory Church. Can we do that? (laughs) in our young history, the milestone next week of transitioning for the reasons for which we're transitioning, I'm grateful to the Lord because he always said he he's building the church and he gives us the opportunity to be hands and feet in doing so. So I'm grateful for what he's already doing um, and what he'll continue to do. And by faith God is going to create not just a mile wide and an inch deep space here, but that there's going to be some depth spiritually in this community and relationally such that um, transformation only through the Holy Spirit's power can take place. That's my prayer. That's our collective prayer for this body. Amen. Amen. Let's transition now to the word of God. You can join me in the book of Matthew chapter four. uh, And we're going to look at verses one through four. Uh, Whether that's on your smartphone or the handheld Bible, by the way, we have some in the back uh, somewhere in a bin if anybody needs one or wants to take one with them or thanks to our amazing AV team uh, right here on the screen for you. And that'll be the NIV <coughs> version. Um, today, as you're looking at Scripture, we're going to continue our series on victorious living. It's how we opened up two weeks ago when we launched Victory Church. Then we spoke from the topic, It's Handled, and talked about how victorious living is faith-filled living. And we looked at Galatians 2, 18 through 20, which is podcasted online and uh, or through the app at this point, if you want to go back and revisit that. So we're going to continue that series today, but talking through the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Uh, let's pray, because I want Jesus to help us here. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, be together. I pray according to your word that you'd open up our eyes so that we would see everything that is in your law, because unless you open our eyes, we can't see, we can't understand, we can't digest, and certainly cannot apply. So in this moment, remove me and take center stage to speak through me to us about what you want us to hear, understand, and do. In your name I pray, amen. Matthew chapter (coughs) 4, verses 1 through 4. Hey babe, would you mind throwing me a water? (laughs) That was a lot. Thanks. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It says Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Verse 4 Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The title of today's message is Every Word. It's lifted right from that fourth verse. And we're going to talk maybe for the next couple of hours uh, about that. Because there's no third service to stop me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) First service, I got to cut it off because y'all will come. No, uh, every word, every word. Uh, This past uh, week, uh, seven days, eight days, Um, My wife and I have been trying this Whole30, if anybody, so you already know my prayer request. (laughs) If you know anything about the Whole30 process, it's a time of trying to remove and and rid yourself of the potentially inflammatory uh, food and drink from your diet. And we've been trying with a lot of prayer. I call it Whole Menu, Mark, because I feel like that's what's been stripped from me. (laughs) Um, Even my... uh, Gosh, sidebar. But even my kid the other day said, one, our kid, one of our kids said, uh, man, why is mommy always telling daddy what to eat? <laughs> because daddy doesn't know what he can eat anymore. Can we eat this? Can we do that? There's sugar in everything, by the way, everything, and um, figuring that out. But the, the part of it is to heighten our sensitivity, to heighten one's sensitivity, if you were to do it over this 30-day period, of the things that are good for you, the things that are not so good for you. And then, of course, the tension is now that you know what your body likes and doesn't like so much to then do that when five guys calls you. Okay, y'all don't go there already. I will tell you that is exactly where we broke our fast, right? Uh, when we fasted this past week or so ago, we said, where are we going? Y'all are too super spiritual. Okay, y'all still fasting, right? <laughs> Got it. We went to five guys. But the point is, we it, this the whole 30 kind of helps to Figure out what works, what doesn't work, and then how do we answer that well? How do we answer our bodies now that we know what it's asking us to do? And I think, on some level, whether it's Whole 30 or not, in Jesus, there is the desire on all of our parts, certainly, to do what He's called us to do, to do what we know He wants us to do, but the tension might be, if you're like me, maybe you're not, to actually do it, to actually live on every word, to actually walk it out after this hour on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, that which He says to walk out with his power that i think we all can probably find a space in how we grapple with that tension and the text that we've read this morning i pray will be encouraging to us in that regard uh, because i believe among many things but what we'll focus on today is that it communicates that when we live well we answer well when we live well we answer well some context the book of matthew is the first book in the new testament one of 27 books in the New Testament. There are 39 in the Old, which makes 66 in the whole canon that we believe is the inspired word of God, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training up in righteousness. Matthew kicks off the New Testament. It's also one of, uh, of course, one of the first four books of the New Testament, but those four books are known as the gospel or the good news of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And John. Matthew was also a part of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are also considered the synoptic gospels, which essentially means that they're viewed together. There's a similar structure. They relate similar stories from their unique perspectives about the life of Jesus Christ. John, also a gospel, is a bit more theological in its orientation, stressing stressing the identity of Jesus and the spiritual significance of his life. I always encourage folks who are new to Jesus when they're reading the Bible, you can start in Revelation if you want. Uh, You'll get, John is probably a good place to start. It just kind of plainly speaks to the spiritual significance and identity of Jesus Christ and who he is to us in a very plain way that I think can introduce all of us and certainly those new to Jesus um, in a good way. So Matthew's gospel, having given some context for how Matthew is situated within the larger canon that we call scripture, uh, he shows in this book Jesus as the promised Messiah whose death brought salvation from sins. Uh, many commentators would say the recipients were Jewish, uh, Jews and Gentiles, though you'll notice a lot of language that lends itself well to Jews, like he never really mentions God. He talks about the kingdom of heaven and so forth. He's definitely speaking in a way that Jews would understand this promised Messiah that has been awaited. But nonetheless, he's speaking about the birth life, death of Jesus on the cross that fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament. And here in this text, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, the tempting or the testing of Jesus by Satan has also as its primary background, in fact, Jesus quotes from it in the fourth verse of the text, Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament, chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, which you can read and study later. But a synopsis of that that Jesus is uh, uh, quoting here is when Moses is recalling uh, the time of uh, the Lord uh, leading them out of Egyptian bondage into the wilderness where for 40 years they wandered. But Jesus is also in that wandering, tempting, tempting, testing, tempting them, if you will, to obey his commands, right? He wants to see what's really in them in that Time And he says, in fact, uh, uh, or allows them to go hungry, if you will, and brings what's called manna, which literally means what is this from heaven and says to them, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And what's interesting to me in that text that will relate to the text we've read this morning is that those 40 years in the wilderness came on the back end of something incredibly special, amazing. At least I think so. If you were to see the Red Sea part, or any sea, a pond part, and you walk through and the folks chasing you trying to take you out, try to come through, and it closes right back up over them, that would be a good day for you, would it not? So this 40-year wilderness period is coming on the back end of that, very similar in some ways to what Jesus's uh, commentary in the text we've read this morning is also coming on the heels of. in chapter three of Matthew, he was just baptized by John the Baptist heaven's open god says you are my son in whom i am well pleased i mean you know that's a good day that's a good day and we've had some good days and i wonder too if you might relate in that you have good days you're on a mountaintop things are going well the metaphorical red sea is parting for you at work in your community things seem to be happening And then like the Israelites and now like Jesus, you find moments later you're in a period of some testing where you're thinking, what happened? All was well. All was great. In fact, I had this amazing moment and then boom, I'm in this space of needing to figure out how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to answer. I love our Savior because he experienced all of what we experience, but without sin, he experienced this too baptized by john led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and then we see in our text that he responded well to that testing when we live well we too can answer well but living well involves following well and following well often involves being closer which is the first sort of subpoint of the main point that we want to talk briefly about today um If you ever had to follow somebody to Ohio, where my wife's family is from, or to Panera on barracks, if you're gonna go to Olivia's small group, near or far, if you don't know where you're going, how many know you're gonna be on that person's bumper? Right? And you find some rudeness in you that you didn't even know you had. Folks trying to merge and you just (laughs) the foot is on. I mean, you're you're not getting in. Why? Because you're not trying to get distracted. Cars are going everywhere to all of their different destinations, but you know. That person in front of you is the one who has the destination that you need to get to. And there's nothing that's going to block your vision from seeing them to get to where you want to go. As an even further sidebar that I'll come quickly back to is we can find ourselves comfortable sometimes with letting things get in. Right. Like I'm good. If I miss it, I'll get off (laughs) at the next second, and make a U-turn. And Jesus is saying, oh, no, no, I beckon you. Come close. My grace is sufficient. Absolutely. I will make way for a U-turn, and I will make way to get off, but man, time has still been lost. There's some consequences. So needless to say, to follow well, there's a need to get a little bit closer. I think we can park that message there if if, if you really think about it, right, and how well we might answer the beckoning of Jesus to come a bit closer so that he can lead us where we need to go, and more importantly, that we can hear and see well where he is leading us to be. Uh, when we decided to answer the call to plant the church, um, you all, some of you have heard that we knew we couldn't do it alone. Like it just, it, it wasn't going to happen alone, right? We, it's just not a thing. So we called Pastor Brett Fuller, who many of you met two weeks ago when he was here praying over the congregation and blessing the, the future of this ministry. And we said, hey, We know we're called to do this and we know it's not about us, but about the people to whom he's also called us. We think you're it. What do you say? He said, sure. Come on. staff." I didn't exactly go that way. I didn't ask anything. I just said, help. And he said, why don't you come on staff? But guess what? You're going to have to come a little closer. I said, say what? (laughs) You come a little closer. You'll learn a little bit from living in Charlottesville and teaching and doing all what you're doing. But you're going to need to come up here for a little bit or at least you should consider coming up here. And so we did. We moved to Northern Virginia, hearing Jesus and also coming closer to the, by extension, the people that we believe he called us to build with for a training that literally was second to none. But the point in that was, you're going to learn a lot, even if you're down there. But if you're here on site, there's some stuff you're just going to catch because you're close. You're here on Sundays. You're here for the evening events, the Wednesday night service. This, I mean, You're here to pick up on how we do church such that when we send you back, you'll have a better idea. And training we did get. But Ray, when I look back on those two years, and and this is, I don't know what sidebar I'm in now. We'll get back to the notes in a minute. But when I think about those two years, you know what I think about more? Not the long commute, and we did commute to UVA to teach and do my job well, prayerfully, here But it was also about what when we got to Northern Virginia, we had no idea we were going to encounter, which was the health of my parents shifting dramatically in such a way that we were now on site to serve them in ways we had never served them before. Following closely has benefits even beyond that what we think we see, right? There's some other things that God said, I've also brought you here. Yes, it's not the greatest of news, but the gift is you get to serve. And when I actually think about those two years and looking back, And people say, oh, that must have been a lot. I said, you know where the time actually went? It was to serving them, and I wouldn't take it back. It was a gift that forever I will cherish, that in that one moment, because there are many where I don't listen well, we said, especially my educator brain, move your kids mid-year? What are you thinking? Everything about our intellectual capacity and rationale says don't. Come closer. Come closer. In our case, meant literally, coming closer. I'm tangentially out there but praying that some of what i'm saying hits you in such a way that makes you too want to live on every word and follow well and expect god to handle romans eight twenty eight work everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose and our prayer is that we retire from uva someday uh, and stay there and do what god's called us to do in that space but coming close to jesus to the people with whom he's called us to build allows us to follow well, which then by extension to live well, which then enables us to answer well. In Luke chapter four, verse one, having prefaced some of this uh, uh, message with the synoptic gospel narrative, speaks a bit more to what Matthew is also speaking to. But Luke says in chapter four, verse one, that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. There was some closeness to him. Some closeness such that even when he was leading him into the wilderness, Jesus says, I'm out. I'm going because you're with me. I'm close enough to see that this is you calling me to this space. And then denies himself even more, fasting 40 days and 40 nights. We did a week about to pass out after that week, <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights, leaving him a bit hungry, as you might imagine. So to no, uh, I say surprise, the temptation was very plausible. It was very likely to succeed one might think except this was jesus satan put before him the test of why don't you show your power and go make you some five guys didn't they just say in chapter three god said in my son in whom i'm well pleased there's power resting on you go do that which god is so good he showed us a little slice of what kind of messiah he would be and it wouldn't be about using his supernatural powers for him solely but it would be for us he says no no let me refer you to deuteronomy where it says it is written man doesn't live By bread alone. I could turn these things into some biscuits right now, or sushi, or whatever it is that you eat that would make you feel really hungry right now. He succinctly answers with a declaration of Scripture It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. When we live well, we answer well. And living well includes living on every word. Simply yet profoundly, every word word even the ones that might be a little bit more difficult to take in like matthew 5 and 44 which says love your enemies god can i just skip that because i don't like them like straight up why do i want to love them And then he doesn't stop there he says pray for those who persecute you i'm sure you all do this really well so i'm just going to move forward but that might be if you're like me one of those moments where you're like yeah that persecution was no joke. They, they were literally digging holes under me, politically and otherwise, to make why Pray for them? Pray for them. Pray for the why they're doing that. What's going on with them that would lead them to talk behind your back like that and question your motives and your work ethic and whatever it is that's happening to you? Pray for that person and love them, too. Wow. Okay. And it doesn't stop there. Same chapter, chapter 5 in Matthew, talks also about... Anger. And he says, yes, it's been said that murder is when somebody's killed. But I'm now saying when you're angry with your brother or sister, you're subject to that judgment, too. Can I skip that? Because a brother gets angry. Y'all don't go to board meetings. You don't go to meetings with people where you no. It doesn't have to be a boy. It could be any kind of situation. You having a conversation or waiting in line at Starbucks and get angry. God says, no, no, or chapter 5 there's a lot more there lust of the flesh he says adultery yes it looks this way and i'm saying if you look on a woman lustfully paul that's a problem every word he's saying to live on And the other side of that coin that i'll give particular emphasis to to emphasis to today as we prayerfully encourage through this text is or are those words too that we might see and not so readily embrace because of our lived reality Philippians 4 19 he'll supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory yeah Paul I'm in the unemployment line tell me more about that every word every word Romans 8:28. I referenced that things are chaotic he'll work what together for good every word how can we live on every word Isaiah 54 17 no weapon no weapon formed against me is going to prosper First John 4 and 4, greater is in me than he who's in the world who's trying to take me out. Live on that word, even when it looks like everything but that word is my reality. God, you said it. I believe it. Isaiah also said that that word is never going to come back void. So maybe I'm just in the process of becoming who I already am and I just haven't got there yet. But because you said it, I need to live on it. We can be encouraged by that, even if in the moment it doesn't seem that way, you fill in the scripture, Philippians uh, uh, 4 and 6, where it talks about the peace that passes understanding, the peace that doesn't make sense, the peace that when you're grieving over a lost child or caring for a parent that you see just kind of going downhill and you can't figure out why and it hurts to see, I give you my peace. Why? Because John 16:33 also says that I've overcome the world and there's no temptation that is not common to man. And so in me, you can have peace. You fill in the blank for you. But he says, live on that word. Be encouraged by that word because I am that I am and I don't fail and what I say won't change and I got you. Simply said, I got you. So we can live on every word. We can have the joy of the Lord as our strength in the midst of feeling weak. We can, uh, we can know that God's love for us never changes. Romans 8, 39 says, nothing shall separate us from the love of Jesus. So even if you're messing up and we do, Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And nothing, if you're sitting here in self-condemnation, he says nothing will separate you from my love. Live in every word, Jesus says. Bread is good. Eat it. Have fun. Enjoy it. Five guys, have it. Have at it. And know that I've got a whole lot more for you that really life, life really depends on bread alone. He didn't tell us we couldn't do it. He just said, don't get it twisted. It's not about that. It's not about your degree or your, p- it's not about whatever you think it might be about, but it's what I'm saying to you. C- Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says this as we prepare to close. There's nothing new under the sun. So if you're trying to figure out retirement, you're transitioning to, uh, as a transfer student at UVA, figuring out your major, you're in the unemployment line that I referenced earlier, trying to figure out how to wrangle three kids. <laughs> and what that looks like to parent them well. Wherever you find yourself, there's a word that speaks to that situation. Our role and responsibility and, dare I say, privilege is to let the steady stream of God's word flow through our lives. I read the NIV. The message translation says steady stream of God's word in our lives, meaning every day spend some time with Jesus. Because when we live well, meaning on every word, and I'm not saying perfection, perfection. Nothing ought to be confused with perfection when I'm talking. I know who I am and what I am not. But consistency, God, when I fall, ev- I am going to come back to you and repent, which would be to turn away, 180, go in the other direction and not go there anymore. God, I can consistently do what your word says, even though in this flawless body I live and stumble in every day. I hope you hear what is being said this morning because it's in that space as a community, particularly Victory Church, we're going to see people reconciled to God. And when I see people, you and I, those not here, reconciled to God and to each other. So as I really close, <laughs> I love thinking immediately and distally. As Lord knows, we've got a plan well. But I'm thinking this week, what does that look like to live on every word? You're going to your jobs Tomorrow? Maybe you're teaching, maybe you're uh, administrative staff. Maybe there is no job. (laughs) We wake up tomorrow, we're not here, we've spent this wonderful hour together, but then it's, well, Lord, what am I full of? We can reflect on that question. What am I full of? Luke 4 and 1 said, you were full of the Holy Spirit. So even when led to the wilderness, you went, you fasted 40 days, and then you had something to say that was from your word. God, what will we fill ourselves up with this week? No, it's not checking off boxes and doing all the legalistic things and thinking somehow salvation is in that. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But, God, how might I position myself to hear well, to then answer well in my life, in my family's life, in the life of our community where they're painting over Zeta Phi Beta on the Breda Bridge some nonsense that your word too would agree is nonsense. How do we answer it in such a way that reconciles? Because that's what you put us here to do which a part of is calling out nonsense, but then engaging that space in a way that says, huh, there's something different about Mark, because he gets it. He's read a little Michelle Alexander, new, Crow, new Jim Crow, whatever, and ta Code. He's done that. He can wrap his brain around it, but there's also something else happening with him that's different from the typical sort of forum that I've gone to, right? Well, how do we answer well? y'all aren't on facebook so y'all excuse me while i share something else i saw this last week which was a guy uh, a group of teenagers i think it was in dc they were rallying and they were kind of mocking the the native american doing all how do we answer that because we need to the gospel has something to say maybe not specifically like when this happens then do this but there's something about scripture that says we can answer these situations well and lord knows he's called us to see people reconciled to god and to each other and so as a part of our community how do we do that well well Starts with coming closer, starts with following well, and then starts with knowing a word to then live on that word, to not just speak, God, the opinion and the anger and whatever else might come up in you or complacency, uh, satisfaction with uh, wherever you might fall. But God, what does your word have to say about it? And help me live it out with boldness, authenticity, and grace intact, and such that, as I like to say, we make you recognizable in it won't pretend to have that down pat at all but God help us to work at it in a very real way because he desires to transform us and our community in ways that I believe will see others one to him which is ultimately our goal amen amen Um, let's pray let's pray Lord we thank you Um, we thank you I'm in awe that you would... uh, The word says, who are we that you are mindful of us? I'm in in awe that you would allow us the privilege of stewarding your gospel here in the earth. You would entrust in this flawful uh, uh, space, me, my temple, my body, our spaces. You would entrust us with the eternal, that which can transform lives. you give us the opportunity to represent you in the earth. I'm in awe and I'm thankful. I'm grateful. And we prayerfully with your help will participate well in seeing your will done on earth as it is in heaven. Every time we pray that prayer, God, there's a space you allow us to occupy to participate in that. Not just waiting to get to heaven, though I'm glad, God, that we have that, but not just about punching a ticket, but bringing heaven here in our communities, in our workspaces, in our relationships. Thank you so much. And I pray today that we as a people, corporately as well as individually, would learn to come closer through our study of your word and meditation on your word and prayer and connecting in community such that we can follow well and live well, meaning on every word, so that we can answer well. And by we, I mean you through us as those people in our lives come to mind. God, I pray for all of them right now that you would give us that clarity to hear and see you well, to speak life into those individuals in our lives. Now, you may be sitting here with eyes closed and heads bowed still. We want to also acknowledge that everybody sitting here may not have said to Jesus, yeah, I love you, and I'm living for you, and I want to be better. Maybe you're saying, I've never actually taken the first step. I've never actually said, I want you, Jesus, in my life. Like, maybe that never came out of your mouth, and today you want to say, I confessed that I and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Maybe you want to say that today for the first time and initiate a relationship with him to then live on every word. If that is you, we won't ask you to come forward. We just want to pray with and for you. So we will ask that you would raise your hand while eyes are closed and heads bowed so that I could see that hand and then pray with and for you. for the rest of us here who know who Jesus is we've encountered him on some level I won't ask you to raise your hands in this regard because I imagine all of us fit this boat but if you find in you room to take the next step of obedience in him maybe it's loving your spouse better maybe it's not retorting evil for evil in the workplace when you know there was some microaggression here or there maybe it's in Starbucks respond, whatever that looks like for you to live on every word. My prayer today, Lord, is for you to come, for you to help, for you to live in and through us, such that we can indeed grow in you. And out of our growth in you, we get the privilege of seeing others grow in you as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Uh, so thankful you're here. A couple of quick Uh, announcements. If uh, you desire prayer, um, I need it. And maybe today there's something that you're saying, you know, it'd be neat to have somebody pray with and for me. Uh, Mark, who's sitting on the front row, will be in the back or you'll be in the back. Mark will be in the back and would love to pray with and for you. And anyone else that you see with a victory lanyard on who would love to pray with and for you as well. Prayer is powerful. Um, And then secondly, as a, a repeat of the earlier announcements, We look forward to seeing you next week, 9 and 11 a.m., our last service here. We're going to celebrate y'all what God is doing in our community. Amen? Amen. Good to see you. Have a great day.